as onward I go since Jesus came into my All right. Man, it's good to see you. Who's teaching? Who's teaching kid children's church? Martha and Patty. Amen. Wow. It's good to see y'all. I'm glad that you're here today, and I pray that you've already been blessed. Looking forward to what you're going to do. You're going to turn that down a little bit for me right there, brother. Amen. You know, it's amazing to me how little, say little. It's amazing to me how little people know about the Bible. It's amazing how little, say little, how little people know about the Word of God. Especially here in America where almost everybody has access to the Word of God. This was demonstrated one time uh, on The Tonight Show where host Jay Leno uh, did his Man on the Street interviews. Anybody ever seen that before? Man on the Street interviews? Well, Jay went out on the street one night and he collared some young people and he began to ask them some questions about the Bible. He asked one college-age student, he said, can you name one of the Ten Commandments? And that student said, yeah, freedom of speech. <laughs> so then Jay said to another, complete this sentence. Let he who is without sin... And her response was, have a good time? <laughs> then Jay turned, turned to a third young man and said, who, according to the Bible, was swallowed by a whale? And he said confidently, Pinocchio. <laughs> now, these misunderstandings sound humorous to us, don't they? But in all reality, they are very tragic. The importance of God's word is repeated over and over and over again through these pages. But perhaps today, in the verses we're about to share, the importance of God's word is made most clear. Turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 10. And hear what the word of God says to you, to me, and to the entire world today. Romans chapter 10 verse 8 begins by saying, What does it say? What does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever, say whoever, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever, say whoever, whoever, calls on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Verse 14, how then, say how then, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? 
as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let us pray. Father, we pray that we would be the ones that bring the word of God into the hearing of people who don't know you. Knowing full well that when that happens, the scriptures promise that faith will occur. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Can I tell you that in order for faith to come, to those who do not yet believe, God's word must be heard. Say that with me. God's word must be heard. That's right. That means if God's word's got to be heard, that means you got to know it. You got to know it in order to be able to tell it into the hearing of someone else. Verse 14 tells us there, how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And then verse 17 declares that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see, friends, faith is the result of hearing God speak through his word, which is the Bible. That's how faith comes, by hearing God speak through the Bible. And this word of God, the Bible, it produces faith in the matter of salvation. You can be saved by faith through the word of God. Paul taught it. He said, Paul didn't come to baptize, but to preach the good news, amen, and not with some clever speech or high-sounding idea, even though the message of Christ may sound like foolishness to those people who are perishing, but we who are being saved recognize this message is the very power of God unto salvation. Man. Help us to remember that our job is not to somehow get the word out. Our job is to let the word out. If you're a Christian, you've already got the word of God in you. You just got to let the word of God out. Let us be focused on letting the word of God out because, friends, the eternal lives of people are at stake. The eternal lives of countless hundreds and thousands of people surrounding this church are at stake of whether they hear the word of faith that comes from the word of God. Their lives are at stake. And whether or not people are saved just might be determined by whether or not you let the word of God out. We've got to let the word of God out because the word of God produces faith in this matter of salvation. Now, the Word of God also produces faith for you and I in the matter of our growth, in the matter of our spiritual growth. I read about the great evangelist D.L. Moody who said, I prayed for faith. He said, I prayed for faith thinking someday that miraculously faith would come down and strike me like lightning. But faith never came. That faith didn't seem to come. And then one day I read in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
D.L. Moody said, see, what I had done is, is I closed my Bible and I prayed for faith. But what I needed to do was open my Bible, study its words, and then grow by the faith that comes through it. He said, I've been growing ever since. How many here want to grow in their faith? Raise your hand. Amen. Can I tell you? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. So if you're serious about wanting to grow your faith, can I tell you that the first step ought to be that you open this book on a regular basis and that you read it and that you study it and that you practice it. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3 tells us that all scripture, say all scripture, not just a portion, not just the New Testament, not just the Old Testament, not just the stuff you like, but all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine. Now, doctrine basically is just what's right. It's profitable to tell you what's right in your life, but it's also profitable for reproof, to tell you what's not right in your life. It's also profitable for correction, how to get right in your life. But it's also profitable for instruction, and that's how to stay right in your life so that you might be complete, growing and becoming spiritually mature, being thoroughly equipped for every good work that God's got in store for you. The Word of God, given by the inspiration of God himself. Can I tell you, can, everybody, can you tell me what color my Bible is? What color? Burgundy? I don't know what burgundy is. It's red. Amen? Red. I believe, and I'm going to get a little legalistic on you, but I believe that every Christian ought to own a red Bible. Amen? What color is yours? You got the wrong Bible, brother. <laughs> Let me tell you what I mean. I'm not talking about the color red. I'm talking about a red Bible, amen? As in the past tense of read, every Christian ought to own a thoroughly read Bible. If you're not reading the Bible every day, can I tell you, you're missing out. You're missing out on God teaching you what's right. God showing you what's not right. God showing you how to stay right. And God showing you how to get right into a relationship with him that's pleasing. You know, I read another story about a, the great preacher. His name was John Stott. And John said, you know, a man loves his wife, and he who loves his wife reads her love letters and looks at her picture all the time. You know why? Because those letters and those pictures speak to him about her. And as I read that, I said, you know, if we love the Lord Jesus, then shouldn't we read everything we can about him? Why? Because this should speak to us about him. We ought to be reading the Bible and thereby growing. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2, this is our Awana verse, as a matter of fact, for children. But it is so applicable to us today. For the word says, be diligent. That is, work hard to show yourselves approved of God as workers who don't need to be ashamed. Why? Because they correctly understand the word of truth. And they grow thereby. You see, there's a lot of books out there. There's a lot of books out there, but most books are for your information. 
This is the only real book that is for your transformation. This book wants to change who you are. This book wants to change you to help you to be more like Jesus. This book wants to make you more pleasing to God. It wants to transform you. And when you hear or when you read the word of God, you've got to be constantly saying something to yourself. And this is what you should be saying to yourself. This book, these words that I'm reading, this is talking to me. This is not just some arbitrary story. This book is written to me. And this book is written about me. Therefore, it should impact my life. It should cause change. So you make sure that when you're reading it daily, that you remember that God's talking to you. And he's also talking about you as a part of the human race. So God's word must be heard. God's word must be heard. And if God's word must be heard, then that means you've got to know it. You've got to stay in the word. But for faith to come into the lives of those who don't yet believe, God's word must also be believed and received. That means not only must you know it, but you also have to stow it. You have to stow it in your heart. You see, a person can read this book every single day. You can stay in it hour after hour. But you can still go through your life completely unaffected by its words or unchanged by its power. It's not just about the reading. It's also about believing it. It's also about receiving it. And if you don't believe it, and if you don't receive it, then you'll go through life unaffected by the word of God, and you'll go through life unchanged by the power of God. The New Living Translation translates Hebrews chapter 4.12 like this. It says, for the word of God is full of living power. It's sharper than the sharpest knife. And it cuts deep to reveal our innermost desires. It cuts deep to reveal our innermost thoughts. And it exposes us for who we really are. Now sometimes who we really are is not the most attractive person. But in order for change to occur, we've got to know who we really are. And allow God's word to change that. Paul wrote to the Thessalonian believers and he said, For this cause we thank God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you received it not as words from men instead, but as word of truth, the word of God, which performs its work in you who believe. God's word must be believed, and God's word must be received. I read a, a story about a man named Salmon P. Chase. Now, Salmon Chase was a judge for some 50 years or so. And he once said, there was a time in my life when I doubted that the Bible came from God. He said, so I resolved as a lawyer and a judge that I was going to try the Bible. I was going to try the Bible just like I would try anything in court. I would take in the evidence for it and I would take in the evidence against it. I was going to try the Bible. He said this was a long and serious, profound, arduous study. But he said, I applied the same principles of evidence just as I do in the courtroom. 
And he said, I came to a decision. And my decision was this, that the Bible is indeed a supernatural book. It's a supernatural book. It has come from God. And the only safety for the human race is if for those who follow its teachings. See, the Bible wasn't just given to increase your knowledge. The Bible wasn't given just to make you biblically smart. The Bible was given to change your life. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Romans chapter 12 tells us a little bit about that. For Paul wrote, do not be conformed to this world, rather be transformed. Say transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that perfect and acceptable and good will of God. Friends, the best way to renew your mind, the best way to find that perfect will of God is to do what Paul told the Colossian believers to do. He said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another. In other words, learn and remember what Christ told you. Learn and remember what Christ taught and let his words enrich your life. Let his words change who you are. Let his words make you wise. Let his words cause you to want to teach them to somebody else. Let the word of Christ Dwell in you richly. For friend, the word of God must be heard. And if it's going to be heard, that means you've got to know it. But the word of God also must be believed and received. And that means you've got to stow it. Stow it in your heart. But for faith to come to those outside this room who have yet to come to believe, God's word must also be shared must also be shared. When it comes to the Word of God, not only must Christians know it, not only must they stow it, but they also got to sow it. Just like a farmer sows his seed. Romans 10, 14 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Today, God is sending the Grow Outreach Ministry is the tool that our church uses to send you out so that other people might hear and other people might believe and receive the Word of God. Friends, you got to know it, you got to stow it, but we also must be diligent to sow it. Read about one preacher who was called late one night to the hospital. And he was walking down this semi-dark hallway and there was no people out. And this man suddenly burst out of one of these patients' rooms. This total stranger ran up to this pastor and he said with joy, she's going to make it. She's better. She's going to make it. And he ran off down the hall. The preacher said, I ain't never seen the man since. I don't have a clue who he was. But obviously this man found out that somebody very near to him, very dear to him, had just gotten some good news.
Jesus. Amen? And he couldn't wait to share it. Shared it with the first person he ran into. He didn't have to know that person. He didn't have to know it to with whom he shared it. It just flowed from him because he had just received some great news. Good news is meant to be shared. Amen? So my question to you this morning. Is the good news that Jesus has saved your soul good enough to warrant you to share it with somebody else? We say it is. But saying and doing is two different things, isn't it? Good news is meant to be shared. And the good news of Jesus Christ can be shared. It can be sowed using one verse. And I want to make this just as easy as I possibly can for you. One verse. If you'll memorize this one verse, just take a little scratch piece of paper and write on it. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. One little verse. And then begin to break it down for that person you're talking to. Say, you know, see this little stick man right here? This little stick man is me and you. Now, we all know that everything we do has consequences. The Bible says that we are sure to experience wages. We're sure to experience consequences for our sin. What is sin? The Iwana kids would tell you that sin is disobedience to God. If you've ever disobeyed God, then you're guilty of sin. And something has to be done about that sin. Now, part of the consequences of your sin is separation from God. But not only are we separated from God, but that also means we must experience death. And not only must we experience physical death, but the Bible also says that we have to experience eternal death. That means if you're lost in your sin, you ain't got no hope. You don't have no help. Friend, you don't have no life. But, say but. But God gave us a gift. And the gift of God is eternal life. And eternal life is just life everlasting with God. That means we got help. That means we got hope. That means we can have life. But there's only one way to get it. And that's through Jesus Christ, God's Son, and through what he did for us on the cross. You see, by dying for us on Calvary's cross, Jesus Christ became our Lord. And when we believe, when we believe and receive in him, then we have now have access to God. Freeze that right there, brother. That's so accurate. It's so simple. It tells what happens if you don't. It tells what happens if you do. It tells you how to get there. Just on a little post-it note. 
I want to tell you that you're sent to do that. You're sent to tell others about Jesus Christ. You're sent to tell others how they too can get to heaven. You're sent. And we do it through God's word. But God's word must be heard. That means you've got to know it. God's word must be believed and received. That means you've got to stow it. But God's word also means it must be shared. That means you need to sow it. And finally, for faith to come into people's lives who have yet to believe, God's word must be lived. When it comes to God's word, we've got to know it, got to stow it, got to stow it, but you know what? You also got to show it. You also got to show it. The greatest value of the Bible is not in the knowing it. The greatest value of the Bible is in the obeying it. See, knowing the Bible is important, but it's of little benefit if you're not going to practice it. James 1.22, the Bible speaks about this, and it says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. I read where Thomas Akempis once said, he prayed, Lord, let us not be judged because we heard the word of God, but didn't do it. He prayed, Lord, let us not be judged because we said we believed in the word of God, but we didn't obey it. You see, Jesus was real clear in John chapter 14. He answered and he said to one of his disciples, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and we will make our home in him. You see, being spiritually mature has very little to do with education. But being spiritually mature has a whole lot to do with obeying the known will of God. Are you showing it? The best thing to do with God's word is to know it in your head, to stow it in your heart, to sow it out there in the world, and to show it in the way you live. For whoever calls Upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher, without somebody to tell them? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Friends, the Bethel Grow Outreach Ministry seeks to fulfill God's will that we studied this morning. The Grow Outreach Ministry fulfills God's will in these verses, and the reason is we want people to have the eternal life that God offers them. And we know that they do that by believing in Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask you today, our decision time is a little bit different. Hand me one of those 
You gonna make me come down there and get it? During this decision time, God and your church is asking everybody, members, regular attenders, even visitors, if God is leading you to participate in God's word being heard, believed and received, shared, and lived. During this decision time, I want everybody to come and take one of these from me. On it, there's a place for your name and your phone number. And there's three boxes that you can check. One says, yes, I want to commit to participate once per month in the Grow Outreach Ministry. And it gives you four preferences. You pick one. One Tuesday a month. First, second, third, or fourth Tuesday of the month. Your choice. One hour. Only one hour. And we're picky about that one hour. The second check is, I'm willing to serve anytime. Some people love to come out every time we go out. You can do that. Check that box. And then there's a third box that says, you know, at this time I can't commit to participate at this time. Fill that out too. Because there are undoubtedly uh, extenuating circumstances that would prohibit you from doing it. And I understand that, and so does God. But you can still make a commitment to the Grow Outreach Ministry. One hour a month. Nine hours a year. Because we don't do it during when it's not daylight savings time. Surely you've got an hour to spare to see that somebody out there hears the word of God that brings faith into their lives. I mean, what better sacrifice could there be? What better sacrifice could you offer the Lord than making a commitment to his word being heard by non-believers? You saw that uh, on the back of your bullet or on the back of your sermon outline, what grows all about? This fits into everybody's giftedness. It doesn't just mean going out and, and visiting. It doesn't mean just writing cards. It doesn't mean just praying. It doesn't mean just coming here and, and, and sprucing up and taking care of some little uh, projects that need to be done. There's a place for you in the Grow Outreach Ministry. So during this song, I pray that the Word of God has fallen on receptive hearts this morning. And that you'll come and you'll take one of these from me. And that you'll fill it out. And Miss Kathy Cates is going to be directing our evangelism efforts and our grow efforts. She's going to be standing at the back door on your way out. You fill that out and you give that to Miss Kathy. And she'll put you down for the day you choose. Let's see if we can make a difference. Let's see if we can make a difference in this community. Let's see if we can make a difference for the cause of Jesus Christ. The word of God instructs us to. He sends us out. I pray you be committed to that. Let's pray. Father, I love it when your word is crystal clear to me. I love it, Lord, when your word tells me that if I love you, then I'll keep your commandments. I'll do what you ask me to do. Father, this is one really very simple way that we can be obedient to your call to share the good news. Why? Because we got good news to share. And Lord, I pray that we'd be burdened for the people that don't know you, for the people that if they were to die today, they would be eternally separated from you in a place called hell, and that, Lord, they would have no hope 
no help and no life. So Father, I pray that you would speak to each and every man, woman, and young person in this room today. That they'd be diligent to commit to reaching out into our community. Not for the church's glory, not for my glory, not for any adult's glory, not for anyone's glory other than your own, God. We love you that much. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. I'll be the first.
listen. Just as I am thy love, I don't have broken every barrier down now to be thine. teach them to live for the Lord too. No, no less important is our Wednesday uh, or Sunday night uh, uh, cross training, but tonight all those kids are going to be in our congregation, okay? So bring yourself back and bring your kids back for our uh, service tonight at 515. 